Well, welcome to the Sport Project. We've been in a little bit of a slumber the last year, but the boys are back in town in no uncertain terms. We have the fit tradie Sasha, the former footballer in Chris, former league coach in Carlo, and look, I don't even know if you called myself a boxer, Current. but that'll do. Uh, my name is Renee, and I'm going to be your host throughout the day or tonight, and we're going to be talking all things sport. Welcome, lads. Welcome. Current professional boxer, I believe. Yeah, look, it's loosely, loosely put. I've had one fight that probably didn't even go two rounds, so I'll be back. But uh, yeah, you mate, there's left. a lot of there's a lot of worse boxes out there, mate, with worse records than that. <laughs> good, good to one know. Of them. <laughs> second hey, best uh, fighter in all of Queensland. Every time I fight, I come off second best. <laughs> it's only when you hang out outside of COVID, Sash. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's I thought you won it. Thought you won every fight by fifty meters, didn't you? <laughs> Always got the legs on me. Getaway sticks. But if you haven't listened to any of our podcasts in the past, uh, we're a bit of a motley crew where we love the banter, and I know there's plenty of sports uh, shows around, I guess, but this is where all the magic happens. So hopefully you're going to be tuning in to us. You can find us on all the major platforms for podcasts as well as online at thesportproject.net. And, of course, on Instagram you can follow, share, like, all those sort of things at TSP Podcast. Now, I'm going to start with you, Sash, the fit tradie. If you're going to look at a bloke who, who's a tradie, most of them are fit, but I have to say the rig's probably better than some, mate. Yeah, look, um, I've been on a diet of just sinking piss and getting dehydrated. Um, <laughs> so you've sat so, into the Gold Coast really well. Yeah, yeah, I've got myself some tribal tattoos and blue ute jet ski and the missus with fake boobs and lips. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going really well up here. But, um, yep, yeah, yeah, fit tradie. Um, started off doing a bit of... Uh, <laughs> Doing a bit of carpentry work and now I'm just a builder. Get around me. Fuck. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you played a lot of sport in your background as well too. You, you were before uh, probably the last couple of years. You'd, you'd call yourself a bit of an avid rugby union fan. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was a bit of a union fan. But um, of late, I've sort of changed. Um, I've gone back to league. But yeah, I grew up playing league and then um, played a bit of union as well. Um, so yeah, love, love me sport. Yeah, well, definitely remember we've seen you sort of cross off that. These three boys get away a lot uh, over to Christchurch before we were banned from all borders, um, playing a lot of golf. I think most uh, most of the guys in particular, the next one I'm going to introduce spends uh majority of the golf course with his pants around his ankles. Carlo. He spends a lot of his time with his pants around his ankles, not just the golf yeah, course. Yeah, not just the golf course. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Carlo, really I mean, I bag you out on the golf course and, and the boys are going to give you plenty of stick throughout the show as well too, but you, you quite, got quite a prestigious career uh, spanning across uh, the Italian rugby league playing field. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Um, did a bit of coaching with the Italian side and took them to the first World Cup in 2013, which uh, we uh, we beat England in our first World Cup warm-up in, uh, in sunny Salford, so... Yeah, it was a great part of my life and a great attribute, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and, see, uh, and listeners, you can tune out now because this may go on for about like a week and a half. <laughs> no, I've done the short version. I've done the short version, Smither. Yeah, well, the other Englishman you can hear speaking in the corner, uh, you probably know him better for his walks on the Maya catwalk, but this man, before even that, he, he was well established on the rugby league pitch as well, too. Smithy, uh, do you miss playing, uh, playing rugby league? Listen, Renee, uh, you know, you've you kind of played your boxing career down and my rugby league career was quite similar to your boxing career. I feel like <laughs> I played two minutes without being injured and back in the physio room. But yeah, no, it was pretty good. I signed as a professional at 15 at Leeds Rhinos and snapped a couple of knees and things went rapidly downhill. Next Sponsored minute. by Nestle. 
<laughs> Next minute, I'm in Australia living the dream. So, hey, it's not all bad news, is it, kids? No, it, not mate. at all. Sliding well, doors, you got to live life. You got to live life. <laughs> and if I didn't go to Ibiza that one year, I wouldn't be here now. <laughs> Crazy, <Imagine right>? that. <laughs> dream believer, chain, babe. Or find yourself. Do you want to elaborate start? on that story, Chris? We've got heaps of time for that one. Yeah. No further questions, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> My solicitor's just walked in. They're missing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now it's actually time to talk to them. Well, we, we do cross across many, many realms in uh, in the sport project, and we're going to be whoa, covering whoa, out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we forgot whoa, the whoa, main whoa. person. Renee, tell Please. us a little bit about yourself, darling. Come on. <laughs> Jack Keep of Many Trades, Master of None, my dear. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, boxing is probably the most recent of all sports that I've sort of dabbled in. But uh, I've worked in rugby league for about 10 years, which is probably how I've come across uh, Carlo or, or many of you really um, as fans and avid avid fans of the game, I should say. Um, but yeah, just a, a mad sports nut and love to talk about it over a couple of beers, really. You're lucky, you're lucky this is a clean show. I had so many comebacks for that. I had, uh, <laughs> Mate, I've already bit my tongue that many times already and we're only, what, about five minutes in, so it's going well. But let's, If this uh, is a clean show, I'm leaving. I thought yeah. this was different. <laughs> we'll just hear the door shut in a second as Sash leaves. But as I'm trying to get into it, uh, we've got plenty to talk about today because we are literally 48 hours away from... I'd like to say the greatest game of all in the world is kicking off on Thursday night with rugby league, but the AFL's coming back as well too. Um, the game has been keeping Australia alive and our bank balance is well and truly on the low. The racing that's been keeping uh, well and truly up to date with Smithy um, and plenty more. Of course, the MJ, we've got to talk about uh, the whole basketball series on Netflix. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it or heard about it. Yeah, the last it. dance. The last dance. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, unreal. So we're going to be covering all that off on today's show as well too. So hopefully you enjoy it. Again, follow us on Instagram at TSP Podcast and, of course, thesportproject.net and across all your major, major podcast platforms. But uh, how do we kick it off? I, I think we've got to sort of talk about the cross-code golfing tournament that happened. Uh, I think it was just yesterday, Smithy. You were well over this. Oh, listen, I was actually on the golf course while this was being played, so... I was, I was on my phone as a, in, in between shots for myself just to keep up with it, but it seemed like an absolute cracker. It was, of course, the match. Now, the match is played each year, and this year you got the likes of Peyton Manning played with uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson played with Tom Brady. So, two incredible golfers paired with two of the best quarterbacks the game's ever seen. So the banter was high, and I do mean <laughs> high. And if that isn't enough... They stick the likes of Charles Barkley up in the uh, commentator's box. Brooks Kopka came in. Justin, Justin Thomas was they're all there giving them the biggest load of shit you can possibly imagine. <laughs> now, can you imagine the pressure there? So you're, you've got Peyton Manning that's there playing with Tiger Woods. I mean, you can deal with pressure on the NFL pitch, but playing next to the world number one, are you for real? And then you've got Tom Brady, probably the best quarterback ever. But yeah. we, we can't, I don't think Goals. we can really argue with his stats, can we? No. Well, so Smithy, can you so sort of elaborate a little bit more on, because there, there's a bit of a, a competition or a, a healthy sort of banter that was already established between these guys, in particular when you look at the two pro golf, golfers and then, again, you look across the NFL court, mm. both of them don't really love each other that much. So it was a bit of a mixed bag on what they were going to expect. No, they don't. I don't think they've ever, and I think they quite openly agree that they don't get along, but they have to deal with each other, especially mm -hmm. on the golfing circuit. You've got to deal with each other. So they've kind of put up with one another. Um, Phil Mickelson walked in and he said, don't you worry, I've had my caffeine. I've activated my calves. 
which means Tiger's got no chance. And then it <laughs> shut down to, look, Phil Bickerson's got a decent pair of calves. Tiger Woods has got calves like mine. So, you know what I mean? It was, that, that was a little bit one-sided, but the trash talk was absolutely, they ripped into Tom Brady from the get-go. He had six holes of absolute hell. And then on the par five seventh, his third shot in, he hit a wedge from probably about 120 yards out, hit past the pin, check, stop, spun, spun straight in. No way. So, oh, wow. so that was that was it. That was it. He was on. He was said, right, everybody at home, settle down. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's my time to talk. I've had six holes of shit. Here we go. And he, yeah. and he, and he drilled everyone in. He gave Charles Barkley a little bit of, um, a little bit of grief, telling him, shut it, Chuck. And then it was on. It was on. Did you see Tom Brady um, clearly trying to sport his Under Armour apparel? And then one hole, he must have had a few cream buns in the old COVID off-season. And he's bent over to grab the ball and he split his pants yeah, straight split down his the house. Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Under Armour, best pants around. Stretchy as fuck. Get around. <laughs> I love how most of the game, that oh, that's all you took out was that Tom Brady split He's got a massive piece on him too. What's wrong with him, mate? Goat. <laughs> massive piece. Just get around him. Hey, Chris, was there, was there much banter with uh, Brady and Manning? Obviously, they're both accomplished quarterbacks. Was there any banter between them two? They were peppering there each was. other because wasn't he saying, um, Tom Brady, you, you couldn't even get Gronk here? Like, you haven't got much pull if you couldn't even get Gronk to come to the competition. <laughs> you get him going everywhere else with you. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing that Peyton Manning was asked a question previously, uh, sorry, before they teed off while they're warming up. He said, so you don't have caddies, you drive your own cart around. He said, if you could have a, uh, a caddy, who would it be? And he turned around and he said, I'd probably get Cronky. He'd caddy for me, he wouldn't come for him. And then he, <laughs> and then he went on to say, like, Tom Brady's former coach, I'll just, I'll just get him to come and caddy instead. So the shit happened in the warm-up on the practice screens. You know, it, oh, it, it really neat. copped off then. But listen, all of this was in good faith. It was all to raise money for an incredible, uh, for your own desired charity in fact it was but they they took away 20 million but throughout the course of the game you've got people ringing in saying if tom brady makes power on this all i'll give you 1.5 million towards it wow. brooks got because ringing up saying they tell you what he uh said peyton manning he said if you make power or better here i'll give you 100 grand out my own pocket so the phone calls were coming in from absolutely wow. everywhere just Amazing. launching money at this incredible incredible game of golf and it was absolutely pissing down in rain no, normally, you yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. Normally, you'd have a massive crowd there, and you you wouldn't be able to see the players. <clears throat> but it was just really surreal. You got a few different people. It's just the time we're living right now. But you got a few people here and there with face masks on, and just four players who can't even high five when. You know, How awkward were the high fives and stuff? Was like the elbows and these weird like missing between like trying to fist. Yeah, oh no, I shouldn't say that. Oh Nate, there was there was absolutely no practice of that whatsoever. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was honestly I, I've watched it again today. It's like five and a half hours of absolute joy. So if you haven't seen Brilliant. it yet, get amongst it. It's Watch well it. worth it. Yeah, I'll tune in straight after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got five and a half hours spare, haven't you, sir? Gym time for the goal calls, kid. Um, what are the other sports that's sort of been pumping as well too and, and it's been keeping, I guess, most of us alive on, on a Saturday is is the racing carnival and they've uh, a big announcement today with the spring racing carnival is we might be getting to see it but a little bit later than normal, Chris. Yeah, look, I mean, it's all, I, I don't think anything's set in stone right now but there's talk about having the Caulfield Cup 
which is famously known for being two weeks before the racing carnival. Now, uh, the sp- sorry, the spring Melbourne racing carnival, the Melbourne Gold Cup. The, it's usually two weeks before. There's talk now that it's going to be two weeks after. Now, that is purely because they don't know when they're going to reopen uh, COVID. They don't know when they're going to allow fans back in. But what that does mean is that you've got so many international horses come over to run in both of those. There's only a handful of horses that have ever won both. So what they do, they run in the Caulfield Cup and then they, they get some indication of how it will go or how the horses have settled from an international state, how they've come over, how they've travelled, how the jockeys are going, how they were competing against the Australians, which brings an enormous amount of revenue. For that small block of windows, you get the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, you've got them all in like a, a real short period of time. So it brings a lot of money into Australia and into racing. Now, this fear that that won't be happening this year. And if, of course, flights are still banned, mm-hmm. owners can't come over, trainers can't come over, horses can't come over. So they're not going to quarantine, then that takes a lot of money outside of racing. Now, listen, the reason racing's gone on through COVID-19, it's a $9 billion industry, not million, billion dollar industry that it brings into Australia alone. So the the... The speculation or, or the thought of actually closing that down was never, ever in anybody's mind. Tasmania have done it, and I think they instantly regret it. That's the only place that isn't racing. Everywhere else, it's been gone. But it is suffering. It's, it, you've, mm. The prize money's been chopped in half. Um, nobody going through the gates. So there's a rumor now and a speculation that if everything isn't opened or... or trainers can't come and horses can't come and owners can't come by the racing carnival will it survive and it's 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 you know it's a thought process for a lot of things rugby league had to get going again because that wouldn't survive afl has to get going because there's only so long you can keep financing everything without having a return and, and a racing is is another is the same thing you know the sponsors aren't interested because they don't get any return on it internationals aren't interested in coming because the horses can't get here they can't get here uh, and the prize money's half so it's not as appealing anymore um so it's a really sad situation right across australia and i think i think this time now we're really understanding how hard the world is getting it i think this in, in a sporting capacity alone this mm. is how hard the world has been hit right now you've got to take your half to peter Valandis. not not only is he is, is he juggling the uh uh, the racing uh, as the chairman, he holds the, the position Keep of chairman. He's still involved there, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's involved yeah. In the, as a chairman for the mm. for the racing, and then also he's doing uh, the, the chairman of the uh, the NRL. So he's, he's handling both jobs. But you've got to admit, he's doing an amazing job. He's, he's the way he's handled the whole racing, mm. kept that going as well as we're going to be the first rugby league is going to be the first sport back. He's 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 done an amazing job. You got to take your hat off to him. You've got to understand that racing is doing an incredible job to stay open and he's had to work closely with the premiers of each individual state and also the government. But he's done an incredible job in keeping it alive and keeping it going because not only is it a $9 billion industry, it holds 70,000 full-time jobs. Now, if they go as well, that's a big hit. And then you've got to think about all the racehorses. What do you do with them? I mean, well, trainers can't train them. They're not going to train them for free. Owners are not going to pay unless they're going to run. Mm. Um, and yeah, then you've got the trotters yeah. and the greyhounds and you've got everything. So it's, it's, a, it's a big field here. So hats off, complete credit to everyone that's kept it going. And fingers crossed that we, um, 
can open up sooner than people think. Melbourne Cup on the cards? At the minute, yes. At the minute, it is. Look, it survived two world wars. It's, it's got, it went through World War One, World War Two, and and they raced those years, all the, all through those years too. So, oh. if this stops it now, it's it's never been stopped before. So you would like to think that yes, it will go on. And Chris, did I hear something about Volandis wanted to do some super weekend in October with the NRL Grand Final and Everest in Sydney? Is that right? Yes, yeah, he wants to do the NRL and the Everest um, super weekend, and I think they'll push it across as well. And and Renee made a good point earlier that they're going to do the Cox Plate in conjunction with the AFL Grand Final. Oh. So, so what they're trying to do, they're trying to pair everything in at the same thing. Because it's be amazing, it'd be a sporting mecca, it'd be unreal. <clears throat> oh, it will be phenomenal if they can pull it off. Yeah. If, if they can make that happen, that will be an absolute incredible achievement. Um, because you got the the Melbourne Cup that's always stopped a nation, irrespective of if you like horse racing or not. Mm-hmm. Like everybody just sticks five dollars on here or two dollars on there. You know, everybody wants an interest in that. And if you can put the races like the Cox Plate or the Everest in conjunction with massive grand finals from the It'd two biggest sports mm. that we have, it would be phenomenal. Well, Kristen, we we went uh, a couple of years ago where we had the Cox Plate, um, or was it the Melbourne Cup when when the rugby league was being played, the international? It was a great weekend. Yeah, amazing that weekend. Actually, that was a big weekend. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't remember too much about it. But no. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't remember too much about that. I remember it happened, but I yeah, um, yeah. we got videos of it. It was super oh. weird how four days were just one night's sleep. So strange. Yeah, <laughs> it's a blur. It's like I was a rock and roll star for that weekend. Oh, yeah, one more, exactly. one more sleep till Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> February. <laughs> well, talking about a, a man who actually probably would be able to get to Christmas in one night's sleep. Uh, I, well, I'll talk about one of the guys that was an offsider in the show that you guys have all been watching in the last dance. Um, I'm not going to mention his name first. I'm going to be talking about the one and only the great MJ in the last dance. How good's that been the, the last few weeks on Netflix? At least it's lifted our sporting morale. It's absolutely incredible. Like the mental strength of Michael Jordan, his ability to prove everyone wrong. He's just next level. He's done, he's got to be the best basketball player of all time. Not not even comparable to LeBron James. Like he's won six championships. Like he's just a bloody legend. And isn't it weird when you think it that that day and age where there's no social media, so you can promote yourself. There's no real sponsorships. He earned his worldwide recognition based on what he could achieve. And you know, and like Barack Obama comes out and says he put black Americans on the on the market. You know, he said. What he did for the game and for, for so many people in general was absolutely phenomenal. But what really got me was his mentality throughout this whole stage where it was, it was a real stereotypical, if you doubt me, I'll, I'll prove you wrong just to spite you. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I was but just his, about to say that. His mindset was phenomenal. Yeah. The, the way he worked through absolutely everything. And I don't know if you remember it, but I remember snippets of it and they really stood out to me. They're... The him and the, the rest of the Bulls team are shooting shots from the halfway line, from the corner, from the corner yeah. halfway line. And, it's, and they're throwing them in. And they're all talking like, oh, I won't get this one, I won't get this one. And he never got involved in that banter because he never wanted to ever tell himself he's already missed a shot he hasn't taken yet. Yeah. He never believed he was going to miss. So he never got involved in that banter. Uh, and, and clearly is a bit of a gambling addict. Wouldn't you... Like wouldn't you, the, the part that I loved was the fuel. Piss him off at your peril. You know what I mean? It was just like one thing. Oh, you didn't see him or you didn't let on to him. And he went, okay. 
all right, you want to play that game? Yeah, and I'm going to ruin your life. Him, and it yeah. spurred him. And, um, you know, he just came out and played an amazing game every time. So you, you, you would just be happy with him. Why would you piss him off? That's right. It was that, um, I think it was one of the commentators said, you know, he's not very good at shooting threes. In the next game, he shot 480,000 threes. And after every <laughs> single one, literally looked at him and goes, that's another one, that's another one, that's another one. If someone told me I couldn't shoot threes, I'd, I'd just be fucking packing up and going home and go, you're right, I can't. Um, but yeah, he's just absolutely incredible. I did said, want to get an apartment with him, hey, and just share some stories. Uh, and there was, the, the wonderful thing was the way he developed other players around him as well. And it was borderline him about people thinking he's a bully because of the way he does that. But it was, it was tremendous in the fact that he said, do you know what? If they're not playing to their ability, the best of it, I, I can't play to the best of mine. And I don't want you being the reason I'm not playing to the best of mine or anybody else. And it was a really incredible and, and, and there was, I, I thought one of the best parts of it, I don't know why I thought this actually, but it said, um, if you ever, but you'll tell us anyway. It, yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you ever thought, uh, if you ever questioned how good of a player Dennis Rodman was, you just remember he had Michael Jordan running around Vegas looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sash, he went, that'd be like running he, around after you dickheads in Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't I'm, find us. I'm barring myself. I'm barring myself. But when they did find him, he's at an apartment. He said, I'm not going to tell you what was there. I'm not going to tell you who was there, but we do know Carmen Electra was who one was of them. There. So, <laughs> hey. Hiding, hiding in the closet. <laughs> hey, Sash, just want to ask you a question. You're a bit of a, a US sports fan. Scotty Pippen, okay, yeah. he always played second fiddle to, to Jordan. Now, would, at that point of his career, would he walk into any team and dominate, or do you think he was spurred on by Jordan? Because do you think he would have been as good as he would have been if Jordan wasn't there? In my opinion, I don't think Jordan would have been as good without Scotty Pippen, and they sort of proved it throughout that series as well when um, Scotty Pippen was, was injured and then Dennis Rodman had to come in and step up. But um, I think Scottie Pippen in his own right was probably the second best basketballer at the time. I just think the Bulls were amazing um, mm -hmm. and obviously spurred on by Michael Jordan, but his support for Jordan was next level. But then, you know, he could step up on his own and, and still dominate. I just think his biggest issue was the fact that he was so underrated and so underpaid um, that that was always lingering in the back of his mind. It sort of showed um, in the documentary as well, a bit of negativity from him mm -hmm. um, and some of his actions on the, on the court as well. Um, you know, when he just refused to go on. Yeah, he was just right. like, well, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit, so I'm not going on. Uh, and can I, say, can I say from The Last Dance, there's been loads that have that has changed sport. You know, uh, Jerry Krause not giving him a, a contract when he was performing at his highest. That's changed now. So if you're performing, there's always a performance clause in every player's contract. And that's mm. probably because of Scotty Pippen. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, what Michael Jordan said, didn't he? Michael Jordan stood up, he says, we're winners until we lose it. You can't change what we're doing until we lose it. Mm. But if you think about all the players over the era, now not just in, in basketball, uh, in talking about soccer as well, if you think about or tennis, if you think about these one or two players that come and just dominate that whole sport, mm. then all these other incredible players within their own right that would be absolute world beaters if it wasn't for the likes of, say, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, mm -hmm. or, um, or Messi and Ronaldo, you know what I mean? All the yeah. Michael Jordan and the Scottie Pippen. All Gronkowski. these people that are absolute world beaters that never really get a look in because you've got these absolute phenomenons yeah. that just dominate yeah. everything. I must what? piss you off, eh? <laughs> Do you know what, what I thought was funny, or I, I guess I'd kind of forgotten about MJ, is that he left basketball to go play baseball for a couple yeah. of years. 
And well, I, like, I mean, well. it was, yeah, it wasn't amazing. Well, but it was it, it was covered in the last dance was his transition coming back, and it was around the same time that he was doing Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah. So as part of the contract in it, he had to change and start doing this whole strength and conditioning program to change his entire body shape again. So he went back into being a basketballer and it, it was quite taxing on him in himself. But then they ended up building this massive dome and so he could shoot ball in between. And out of that started a competition with where he invited his invited mates people, to right. come and play. And out of that, the the screen adapters were able to see movements and mimic that into the drawing of some of their Space Jam characters as mm-hmm. well. And they said, like, we were sitting there watching some of the greatest athletes of all time because they just wanted to come and play, like, a fun game of shoot shoot the hoops with MJ. But but the baseball, <laughs> what, the same owner who had the baseball team, the White Sox, owns the Bulls. Jerry, is it Jerry, Jerry Rindoff? And he said, and he said, if it wasn't for the lockdown or the strike of the baseball... MJ would have never gone back to basketball because he was actually getting better every every time he was hitting the ball. He was getting better at baseball. And they asked him when the strike was on, would you go and play in the major leagues? He went, nah, I'm not crossing a picket line when there's a strike on. And that's when he went back to, to basketball. So I thought that was an amazing story too. But what would have happened if that strike wasn't going to be on? And, and would he have continued with baseball? Because that was his first love, really. And I'll tell you what, listeners, if you haven't already seen The Last Dance, don't bother watching it because we've just covered absolutely <laughs> yeah, every inch of the ship six. Yeah. So oh, just well, find something else. <laughs> we'll find some more sport to ruin in the next segment because we still have to talk about the AFL and, of course, the return of the NRL, which is happening in 48 hours' time. Don't forget, if you're not already following us on Instagram, it's at TSP Podcast. Of course, Find us online at thesportproject.net, which will point you in all the right directions to find us on all the major podcast platforms. Of course, we have in our group, Sasha, Chris, Carlo, and my name is Renee, your host throughout the night. We're going to talk about something that's coming up in 48 hours. And I know one man who is one of the best, biggest Chooks fans ever. He's really pumped for it because uh, the Morris brothers are going to be breaking some records uh, talk talk us through uh, the Morris. You've got a bit of a, a bromance happening there, I reckon. Yeah, look, I, I do like in uh, do like the Morris brothers. Um, I, I like <laughs> so dude, were you just then? I know, I know. I just want to try and contain my excitement. Um, <laughs> but they will be the first brothers to play in three separate NRL clubs. Obviously, the Bulldogs, St George, and now the Roosters running out together. And to be honest, at thirty three years old, the Twins, I reckon they are in fine form. You've always okay. got to be around Twins, Sash. Why is that, Carla? <laughs> Hey, explain for the audience. I'm all these. Just, just say. Oh, yeah, okay. Good chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is plenty happening in the NRL. I'll take you around the ground so we can start talking about some of the games that are coming up. And obviously, there is some big news stories which have uh, dropped today, and of course, mm. in the last couple of days. Thursday night, we kick off with the Broncos taking on the Eels. Friday night, straight into the Cowboys and Titans. Then into a clash of the round, I'd have to say, would be the Roosters and the Rabbitohs rounding off Friday night. Saturday Ooh. from 3 o'clock, we kick off with the Warriors and the Dragons. And there's been some weird talk about the Dragons and Bulldogs making top four by the end of this year, which uh, we can probably discuss again <laughs> Saturday at 5.30. We've got the Sharkies and the Tigers. Another game of the round, which I'll be watching, is the Storm taking on the radio uh, radios. The Radios. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new club that's know. come out. Uh, How many wines so- have you had? <laughs> I know, not enough. That's How many wines talk. have you had? 
and then we finish up on Sunday with the Panthers and Knights and then the mighty Sea Eagles up against the Bulldogs at 6.30 p.m. So plenty of football to talk about. What, what's probably the biggest game for you guys that you're most excited about? The Look, I'm and the a, Roosters. Yeah, I'm a, massi- I'm a massive Storm fan, but I reckon the Rabbits and the Roosters, it's going to be. I, I, I don't know. Do you know, you've got all this conversation with Latrell, obviously yep. moving clubs, and then all the speculation on the hatred that's around him now. And uh, Boyd Cordner came out and said, listen, I think this all this aggression towards him and all this negativity is only going to fuel him. Yeah. I just don't know. I just hope it doesn't spark against us on Saturday. Yeah. They said, but, they said, but he, he honestly believes that he's going to come back bigger and better than ever. And do you know what? If he does, I, I really hope he does because since Greg Inglis, I've never had anyone that's really fascinated me running in the outside centres like, like them two do or Inglis did, who's now signed at Warrington. Really oh, I was going yeah. to say that. And we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. step into that one. But yeah. Latrell Mitchell, where's he going to play? Is he going to play centre? Is he going to play fullback? That's a question. I reckon he's going to play fullback. Yeah, I, I, assists? I, th- I, th- I think he, I think he will. Um, but for me, based on his performances on fullback previously, his work rate needs to up 30 40%. It's at a least. Position. At least yeah. he, he needs to be in just about everything. If you have a look at the great fullbacks that have just gone by, Billy Slater's work rate off the ball was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Anthony Minicello would never, ever stop running. Darren Lockyer, when he played there, would never stop running. Kalon Ponga now is in absolutely everything. The work rate from that position has to be at the highest level. Yeah, and he's, he plays very similar to Greg Inglis, but I think if you compare the two at fullback, Greg Inglis had a much higher work rate than Latrell. But, Agreed. Um, but I think, you know, this week will be a good test for him coming back. He's had a good rest. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Sam Burgess is actually rumoured to be coming back. Oh, okay. That's, oh, I, just, I, just, I just made that up. I don't know. That's what I was going to say. The on the panel podcast. is actually pretty good, like, mates with him. They're tight. Yeah, they're... well, I was going to say, we've not heard that. Well, he's got, <laughs> he's got a shoulder. You know what? Let's just go with it. Next time we're going to back yourself. Exclusive. Don't say that you made it yeah. up. We'll just we'll yeah. get the exclusives here on the, the sport project. Smithy, you do have some pretty tight alliances, though, uh, from the Storm, but most of your your besties are, have moved on or, or whatnot. But um, any news out of the Storm camp being down there in Melbourne going up against the Raiders? No, I haven't heard anything uh, off the back yet. I've, uh, I'm, I'll see Billy this weekend, but that's obviously no good for this show. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Because uh, <laughs> it's not happened yet. Uh, but listen, I, I think if, if you know Craig Bellamy, you know he's going to have him to the bone and they're going to come back in as peak physical condition as, as humanly possible with the situation they've been in uh, and, and I, I'm just really looking forward to him getting back on the paddock I'm just mm-hmm. really looking forward mm-hmm. to watching football again you know I've been watching the same shit on Netflix over and over and yeah. over again <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. if I, I, Red Tube oh, yeah. <laughs> same shit over and over again <laughs> fucking every genre I'm fucking over it <laughs> Hey, one one uh, round of the game. We just talked about it. Then the Storm versus the Rangers. Luke the Rangers. The Rangers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah so I'm Rangers. The Rangers. The Rangers. The John Bateman. I want to just talk about John John Bateman. John Bateman for a second out the blues just turned around to the Raiders and said, oh, "I want to test my worth on the open market." So he's been given given permission now to go and speak with other NRL clubs. I find it bizarre because he yeah. came out of the grand final last year and said, oh, I've changed uh, managers to Isaac Moses. 
And I just I just thought the whole thing's bizarre and it's just carried on from last year's grand final. But didn't he come out be... on Twitter like two days ago and claim that he's um, asked, because someone, I can't remember which journalist it was now, I should be on top of this. He A journalist claimed that he's asked for a release four times from the Raiders and been knocked back. And he literally came out and said, I haven't asked for a release once. Um, and it's just absolute bullshit and the footy will talk for itself and it's a lot of rumours and whatnot. So... Is it him that's asking for release? Is it Isaac Moses who who has an absolute history of, you know, stirring the pot to to get the players' worth on the market raised? Yeah, well, he's uh, he's come out and he's changed managers. So therefore, if you look at it from a player agent, what in the last view, two days? No, no, no. It, it, it was I think oh, past the close to the grand final last year he changed managers. But what I'm saying is Isaac Moses hasn't had his ticket clipped, right? So uh, he's not he's not getting any commission. Yeah. So I can understand now from a player agent point of view why he's trying to stir the pot, plot, uh, the pot to yeah. try and get him moved because he wants to try and get it, clip his ticket. You'd be pissed off as a player is that when oh. that starts because you just you wanting to concentrate. You're about to actually kick off your season for the first time, like well again this year after such a huge break, and then you, you're going to have to worry about that sort of bullshit circling around. Well, I think the Raiders have done a great job mm. in in getting a squad. It's took time for for sticker. And I think, um, you know, Bateman's a major player of that. They don't make a grand final without John Bateman. Mm. It's that simple. And um, and again, from his, from his point of view, they give him an opportunity. So for him then to turn around and say, oh, what a test me. I just, I, just, I, just think it's, I just think it's in poor taste, to be totally honest. But this is, this is the modern age sports person, I suppose. Well, uh, one of the other games that is happening as well, too, is the Sharks and the West Tigers. And, and again, we're, we're cast into a, a fair bit of controversy with the Sharks and back into another drug scandal, Carlo. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Branch and Chera uh, tested positive for a cocktail of banned substances. Uh, so I think <laughs> it was a cocktail. Like looks like Eminem. <laughs> I didn't it thought Eminem started playing NRL. Who <laughs> <laughs> Branch and Chera? I thought you meant me. I was like, I've got nowhere. <laughs> My name is No, no, uh, no, 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 anabolic steroids <laughs> for for a test that he took in november as well too oh. so it's taken six months for the for the test to come out why is it taking that long asada came out and said that it was obviously there's, there's been a fair bit on it was done leading into so late november we obviously had christmas and we had the bushfires then we've had covid so there's been a, a fair bit happening um but yeah they've sort of said that and the fact that there was plenty of uh yeah like the cocktail of anabolic steroids as as what carlo has said that can i just read a quote from his sprint coach how he went from being uh what he says he says he's gone from regular to being lit yeah <laughs> Uh, no, shit. no shit. And he even came out himself in a press conference yesterday and said he has improved on his speed tenfold uh, since COVID. So he, you know, threw himself into the spotlight to start talking about his pace. Roger Fabree, who um, was a former assistant sprint coach for many of the clubs, and now he looks after majority of the the fast speedsters and the crop of NRL and across a couple of other codes as well too. You know that they're quite proud of their sporting prowess, and boom. 
Who would have thought? Are we, are we having a are we having a Stephen Dank situation again here? Or? Well, I was just about to say oh, that. No, I was just about to say that. Of all clubs, you know, one that you didn't want have any type of drug issues was the Sharks. You know, after yeah. Stephen Dank and the peptides, um, and how it threw everyone under the bus, and it was just a major black mark on the game. And then uh, we've got this now. As, as a young player, if he's been directed in that, he's gonna he's gonna get a massive. Uh, if he's found positive, uh, it's going to be a four-year ban. Yeah, well, uh, the other thing for him, he had a shoulder operation in October. So a lot of the players or a lot of the talk around it is obviously he was coming out of recovery and for his shoulder, not for anything else. But um, so rehab and, and then, yeah, now he's he's sort of got himself back on his feet and it turn, looks like he's uh, he's done it if probably you look at with some a few shortcuts. Some of the tests, like that, he tested positive for. Like, you have to speak up, Sasha, can't he? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just like dumbfounded at that response. I like if if that's it, that is like a recovery from a shoulder injury. He's just tested positive for like forty eight thousand drugs. Like, mm. you wouldn't you just take one and hedge your bets like, a little bit? <laughs> Safety in numbers, babe. The only one he's missing there is Roundup. <laughs> that's it. More team. <laughs> Anyways, but it's, it's such a shame. Like we're literally a couple of days out, and we're you know we're, we're hit with something like that going into uh, into the rugby league finals. But as I said, plenty of uh, great footy that's going to be happening it, as well. It could have been really exciting because his sprint coach Fabrice come out and said he thinks he's quicker than Adol Carr. Yeah, and and, and and the only reason <laughs> the only reason that they haven't got to test that is because of the COVID lockdown. He said, but he reckons he's got Adol Carr covered. Mm. And I, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, I might have to wait. I might have to wait four years now. But I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> it's still just like, like the Olympics, it. babe. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be an NRL preseason without something popping up just before the season opened. Yeah, do you know like what roots. though? It's like you know roots what? for Carlo. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what got me thinking though? When he turned around and uh, Bronson Sherry said, "My idol was Ben Johnson." That mm. kind of freak. <laughs> It did I, not. That I feel like you made that up. I just did. Another Sam Burgess comment. That no, oh, nothing's brilliant. factual on the sport project. Piece. The sport project where we bring, we bring you everything but the facts. <laughs> well, okay, for the last four weeks, we've been warming up, bringing them everything but sports. So why not carry on? Yeah, yeah exactly on. right. Play on. Uh, some play other on. news. Some other news while we're just on rugby league. Sorry, but. Just talking about the <laughs> Sorry, UK let's Super bring back League. To Mad Zero. No, no, no. Just talking about the UK Super League. It looks like there's a possible return in August with a grand final in possibly December or January. And what you touched on before, Chris, with GI uh, going back, obviously that was done, uh, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. And he signed for Warrington. Now, will. Strange. Well, 18 months out of the game and he's coming back. Now, we know that he has fluctuating weight. So, you know, to get ready for that, that's, it's going to be a major effort. Well, he's always looking pretty fit. He has been training. Is he? Um, I've yeah. not seen him. I'll be honest, I've not seen him since he's no. retired. Either. But I, 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 really hope, I really hope it's true. And I really hope that, you know, he comes back and he performs to like we know he can. Because fuck me, I tell you, there's no, there's no one better than him to watch. Yeah. When, when, he, when he switches on and he wants to play, then you just get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> Get out of the way or you'll just be getting run over. It's it's not worth it. No. no <laughs> really I, mate, I, I strongly agree. Now, another news, Sri Lankan cricket star Shihan <laughs> Mudashenka has been arrested for heroin possession and was remanded by local police on the weekend. Back to you, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> that was factual, guys. That was actually factual. <laughs> 
Strong mm. news coming from Sash. <laughs> All right, well, moving on from the cricket bombshells that uh, we'll be dropping here at the Sport Project. Um, we do need to talk about the AFL. I know none of us are like hugely immersed in it, but we do love our sport here. And uh, they've obviously released their rounds first coming up. Now, they've got 16 weeks left to play. Now, unlike the NRL, where they've basically given us everything all the way up to the grand final coming straight off the uh, the back of Everest, uh, they're only releasing rounds two to five at a time. So in round three, we'll start getting the next few rounds. And the reason they've done this is so that if COVID changes uh, over the next couple of weeks or there's any releases, um, they'll be able to then change their games accordingly. So that would mean the, the teams like uh, South Australia and Western Australian clubs who are now stuck on the Gold Coast in, an, in a hub um, for the next couple of weeks will be able to return back to their states and have some home games. But uh, there's a few teams that will be sharing uh, <laughs> AFL air up into a few different games. But, but they're also allowing a couple of fans in there too. So what certain clubs are doing, they're allows, allowing 50 fans, 25 from each team on member <laughs> holders. Can you imagine that in the MCG? No. <laughs> 50, 50 hello, people hello, just dotted just, just around the MCG like that. What the fuck are we doing no. here? Well, do you know, out, out of that, they've actually announced that they're mm-hmm. going to start trialling and they have started playing with it without the games in place, uh, is the sound of a crowd in the coverage. So oh, they're going to, they're, they're obviously going to have to orchestrate it but they're going to try and put it in so that there is atmosphere uh, for people watching along at home. Because obviously the majority of the AFL stadiums, wherever you play them, they're huge. Like they're they're meant for like minimum 30 to 40,000. And Chris, you'll be obviously cheering. I I don't know if you know this, but the Bundesliga, there's a a team, I don't know if it's Borussia Dortmund. What they did, now this is pretty smart for them, I think. What they did, they charged members or the general public $35. Now, for $35, you could have a cardboard cutout yeah, of I've you with your, <laughs> with your face and your body on it. And they filled the whole stadium with cardboard cutouts of You're these people that had given yeah. them $35 just to be at the game. How yeah. fucking wow. idiotic are people? Wow. Well, in ju- well I would have paid, paid 50 <laughs> <laughs> I'll go one better. In in uh, I think it's the Korean uh, football league. They uh, had sex dolls in the crowd. Of course, sex you've gone dolls there. in the crowd. Whereabouts? Whereabouts was that in Korea? <laughs> I think it was north. Exact location. <laughs> do, mate, listen. Do, do you know, like the card game? I'm calling bullshit on a lot of what you say. Yeah, hey, it's true. true. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> listen. I, I, look. I, I know we got onto AFL then, and I know people in Melbourne, and I live in Melbourne that would be really interested in it but no we're just not that quite interested <laughs> what we are come on yeah so i speak for myself yeah okay. what we are interested is the return of iron mike tyson mm. that's <sighs> what we're interested in, What's in, now, in there? i love how you've just segregated him. all of our audience of anyone who listens to yeah. afl we're brushed over it by talking about sex dolls and cardboard yeah. cutouts great well look at that all, all the six people that used to listen to this now don't Beautiful. Yeah. um <laughs> So Mike, Mike Tyson is back. He's 53 years old. We've been watching him over the last few weeks, training. He's getting fitter, sharper. And, and now it's been agreed that he's going to fight Evander Holyfield, isn't it? Well, it's not it's agreed. It's still been thrown into it. Um, yeah. So they've also thrown another name into it as well, too. I'm just trying to find where it's going. Tito Ortiz, the UFC. Yeah, Tito Ortiz, that's right. Heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they've talked about Tito Ortiz, who's only been retired for, like, he's had a couple of fights in the last few years. He's only been retired recently. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. I'm not very good with UFC. I try, yeah. but um, strict yeah, boxing. 
But yeah, yeah he's been no, thrown in. It's very true. And Evander Holyfield is, is, is still the main name on the card now. Yeah. There's been reports leaked now and pictures shown that Evander Holyfield has been training with uh, Klitschko. Yeah. To get him to get him back and ready uh, for this exhibition fight now. I would now, just you, pay you know, to watch yeah. those two train together. That would be mind blowing. Well, you know what you know what Klitschko's capable of. When mm. Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua, he went back, fired his coach, and went training with Klitschko. And then Klitschko taught Anthony Joshua how to box and how to fight and hit, and not get hit for the for the rematch against Ruiz. And that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. He, mm. he, he punched him at length like he should have done in the first one. Didn't give him an inside chance. And, uh, and, and in turn wins the fight. So, but yeah, Klitschko is now taking on George Foreman for a potential comeback with Iron Mike Tyson. George, George which, Foreman. Which we're talking about. We're talking about Dennis Rodman disappearing in Vegas. If it's in Vegas, I'm we're going. going. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going. That, this is, is going to be a sport project tour. It's incredible. There's a photo that's just um, emerged of Mike Tyson. He's looking. He's cut like a picnic lunch. He's he's yeah. in fine yeah. shape. It's he's total insane. opposite to you, Carlo. Total opposite, hey. <laughs> I think I'm beautiful. You Carlo, put your arms up like this. Put your arms up. It looks like a pee on a fork. <laughs> Chris, I've got feelings. I got... Oh, fuck. Oh, that is the best I've got, thing I've got feelings. No <laughs> smiling off you. Fledged. I ain't got my sunnies on them too. We've got Peter Sterling here. Fucking worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, 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 if we're talking about... <laughs> If we're talking about fighting, now obviously Dana White's still pushing for the private island um, to be coming about, but they're tossing up whether to put Conor McGregor in the ring or in the cage, I should say, and because obviously he wants to fight and there's going to be plenty of people who were pay the pay-per-view, but it would potentially cost about, I think, $17 million from Australian dollars or $27 million um, in gate funding to if, if they don't wait to use his fight when they open the gates. I think it's crazy if you've got massive uh, draw cards like Conor McGregor, you're not going to put them on an island. Are you? I think that the lower the lower <laughs> cards, well, I think they miss out on all the all the stadium, stadium uh, gate receipts. Yeah, but if we yeah, don't know that, when they're coming back, then, you know, are you going to risk resting Conor McGregor for a full year? Well, I, I don't really think it, it bothers people about the gate receipts anymore anyway because everybody's going to watch it on pay-per-view. Every single person is going to buy it on pay-per-view because they're mm. going to want to see it. Yes, you're going to want to be at the fight and the ringside tickets will cost a lot more, mm. but you can't have that. But what you can have is this one-off spectacle which is going to be absolutely phenomenal if Dana White pulls this off. And there's nothing that he's done before that proves that he won't pull it off. Everything mm-hmm. he said he's going to do is actually done, so... I, I think it'll happen, and I think the amount of pay-per-view sales that they will sell would just amplify, and it would just it would be far more than having people there anyway. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Chris. The only problem I see with that is I don't think Conor McGregor would fight under those circumstances. I think he's too much of a people person, too much of a yeah. showman, and he thrives off that sort of energy. Um, and I don't think he'll get him to agree to terms. No, so he's he's actually come out and said, although he would rather fight in front of people, that's, that's you know, he loves the vibe, loves that energy. He's actually said that he's interested to fight on the island, whether, with it, even with no crowd, so. Great, well, I can't um, remove that previous comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, with the facts. <laughs> Sorry, Sasha, I didn't mean to do that to you. 
No, that's okay. Did you hear that Mike Tyson was actually going to fight Conor McGregor too? That was yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fact that you've heard that, that here is, on the show. That is not Do you know who else has called out um, Mike Tyson? I forgot to mention it before. Is the Bare Knuckle Association? They've offered him close to twenty mil for Mike Tyson to have a bare knuckle boxing bout. Who with? No, some, some bare knuckle gypsy. Yeah, pretty this much. Is, no. Well, oh, look, look. Every, everybody's called Mike Tyson now ever since yeah. they knew he was coming back. Tyson Fury's dad, John Fury, he wants to fight him. <laughs> he used to be a boxer back in the day, and he wants to fight him. Now, like, um, and going back to that, you know, having a fight with nobody in the audience and selling tickets, the conversation of Anthony Joshua fighting Tyson Fury if Deontay Wilder was going to take a big pay cut and mm. um, just move aside just for this one fight. The conversation there was going to be they have the fight in Saudi Arabia under the same circumstances. They know the amount of money that the Saudis are going to throw at it, mm. and which will be an enormous amount. And then, of course, you've got everyone that's going to buy it on pay-per-view because they can't be there, which would be a lot. And, uh, and, that's, and that's where they're looking at now. So, so oh. it, it's, it's not just the one fight with Conor McGregor and Dana White. The conversation is, is right across uh, combat sports full stop. Yeah, and and it, and 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 if it comes to a point where this is all we've got, then I think, I, I look, I think the option would be the preferred option would be to have people in stadiums, of course. Yeah. But if you can't, I think they're quite confident in the fact that people are going to buy it on pay per view. Well, I know for a fact, like even to dial it back all the way into the the level that I fight at, and my coach sent me a message before we came on tonight, and because we were talking about training when the gym was going to be coming back. And obviously I'm in a moon boot at the moment, so it's a long way off for me. But the IAS has come out and said that, uh, you know, gyms are still going to start opening up, um, particularly in the ACT, in the, the next month or so, um, starting with 10, starting with um, there'll be no open free weights. People will have to be in classes so that they can monitor. Mm. They've got their own equipment throughout the class. And then the boxing thing came up and they're like, no, absolutely not, because there's absolutely no social distancing that's going to be happening. And, and even if you're in a head guard and boxing gloves, there's still no way that you're not transferring sweat throughout that whole time. So we're so far away from having any contact in boxing realm. It's it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I actually worry for – I mean, Chris, you're, you're an avid boxing fan and love the Australian boxing circle. Majority of the fighters that you're seeing at the moment from Australian fighters – uh, all doing road running or hitting heavy bags at the moment. So the difference of them not having sparring, they're going to have that level of freshness. But I think you'll find there's going to be a lot more shoulder and, and knee injuries coming out of the fighting world because they've had to change their fighting so much or training. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, you really think you're, you're really thinking you feel for the young fighters that are coming up that have just about grabbed their, you know, Tim, the likes of Tim Zhu. He's, mm. he, he's borderline going to be some of the biggest fights of his life. And, Horn, and again, yeah. everything put all up. Yeah, Jeff Horn's towards the back end now, but the likes yeah. of Tim Zhu, yeah. Yeah, like you got all those guys. And, and I found it really interesting in what the tennis players were talking about, the ATP. They were talking, they said, look, we get paid a ridiculous amount of money for not that much in hindsight to, to you know, when you think of dollar per hour for sweat. Um, and the conversation was helping the young players that aren't on the big box and giving them a little bit of a, a slice of your pie. Now, there was a fair few that, that were all for that. And Nick Kyrgios is one of them that come up and says, yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. We get paid a lot of money. We get paid a lot. We mm. can help out these young up and coming tennis players and keep their dream alive by doing that. Now, the conversation is, 
Do we think there should be more individual sports doing that? The likes of the golfers, the tennis players, you know, all of that. Maybe even the boxers and the mm. UFC fighters, you know, because you, you're going to want, you're going to, you, you've got to think of this long term. You've got your fighters that are in the ring, the octagon on the golf course, tennis court now. But, you know, if you don't keep supporting these young up and coming, when they're gone, you're left with a gap where nobody could do anything about it. And you couldn't train and you couldn't make a living. So you just lost all love for it and you went to work on a fucking cruise ship or something or railways. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, Luke Bateman from the Raiders said exactly the same thing. He, he, he just walked out of the game. He just said, mm. I can't afford to um, be paid what I'm being paid as a full-time, um, a full-time sports person. So he went off and he's got a full-time job as a trader. Now, that's, he's saying it's going to take five years for the game sports uh, and the development uh, conveyor belt to recover. Yeah. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, just in case I'm, you did hear some noise there, that was Sasha falling asleep on his mic. blacked out. Look how dirty he is. Look how dirty he is. Come on, Carlo. You're Mr. Good Fun. Let's, let's finish us off with something a bit fun, would you? Right. Well, we'll finish <laughs> off with my new segment, which is called If, Who and What. I think you'll love it. If, Who and What. So this, this one's a little bit out there, and I must say this is all about fun. But if you could smoke a joint with anyone from whoa, the past or whoa, present, whoa, whoa, whoa. who would you choose and why? I am saying well out of this one. So if you could smoke a joint with anyone from the past or the present, who would you choose and why? Chris, I've I'll go with you first. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Bullshit. Never mind a joint. I haven't. I've never smoked a cigarette. Bullshit. I don't think I'd like it. Um... Uh, who would it be? Uh, the first person that springs to mind would be Bob Marley, wouldn't it? Oh, decent. Uh, Good uh, injection. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Well, whenever you think of someone smoking a joint, I think Bob Marley straight off. Um, mm. So it would it would be him. Why? Fucking why not? Why not, man? <laughs> be a con, be a con. You and, know what I'm and, saying? And where? Probably in the, in the heart of a Jamaican beach somewhere. I've never been. Yeah, okay. Here it is, here it is. So you've Chris got the location Mom. as well as the person, basically. Yeah, I went, I went I deep that. into that thought then. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I went deep. I was, I nearly got you the sure munchies. you didn't just have a joint to think that through? I nearly got, I nearly got the munchies <laughs> and made my way to the fridge. <laughs> what about what you, about Sash? You, Sash? Uh, oh, uh, both of you coming at me. I yeah, appreciate that. Um, <laughs> look, to be honest, you're going to be like, you're just going to go, mate. That's, you know, it's, um, but I'm, I'm going to say my mum, actually. Oh. Smoke a joint with your mum. Yeah, just because I think she'd be hilarious. Hey? Like, she gets on the piss and she does some funny you shit. You want to get so. your mother stoned? <laughs> well, well, you know what? She's such an angel. She wouldn't have smoked before. Actually, it's probably a lie. She probably did back when she was younger. Um, that's why I turned out the way I did. Oh. Um, but uh, I think it'd just be funny. She, you get her on the piss, like I said, and she's a bloody, she's a hoot. Um, yeah, she is. Get her, on the, get her on the old, she'd be uh, not too bad. Well, what about I, you, Carlo? I feel like you, you've put the ball on the tee and you've put it there for a reason. Yeah, well, I'm, I've thought about this all day because I've had the opportunity to think about it all day. And I think who I would like to smoke a joint would be Bill Murray. I mean, what? I think Bill Murray is out there. I think, I think having a bit of a, a bit of a joint with Bill Murray, I think that'd be hilarious. Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, notoriously just off the cuff. I think he'd be hilarious. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, boys. I credit you for not picking a hot, yucking young female that you want to get stoned and take advantage of. That's, that's, um, absolutely that's, fair. That's, that's surprising. Yeah, it was for the wrong type of drug for that, isn't it? <laughs> Does this smell like real hypno? 
<laughs> no, I'm not talking that. You, I'm talking something that gets you a bit more excited, not like make some pass out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Carlo. Oh, we please. are learning a lot about you. This is the first show that some people might listen to of you, Carlo. <laughs> I know it's a lot. You're banned. You're <laughs> just smell like a raw hypnol to you. Smell like chloroform to you, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just surprised none of you actually went for athletes because it is the sport project. Can you please thank the la- well? The, I was about to say the lads and gents, and they just came out as ladies, which probably makes no, sense for all of you. No, we'd buy it off the athletes. You'd buy, <laughs> especially the cricket player. Yes, yes, the Shrankling cricket player who I've now I've forgotten his name. Yes. Well, he's got heroin, no, not 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 joints, so you'd be all struggling there. But thank excited. you so much, Carlo, Chris, Sasha. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to us every week because we are on the Sport Project on Instagram at TSP Podcast. Find us online at thesportproject.net and across across all your major pro- podcast platforms. Oh my god! <laughs> Get it out, girl. Get it out. We've been talking for like fifty minutes, and I'm starting to struggle, but. As we said, we're going to be covering all things sport, American sport, Australian sport, except AFL because Chris gets bored, um, but plenty more. So thank you so much, Jenta. appreciate your time because we're going to see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Thanks, Renee.